Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to Coasters and Culture. Major thoughts on minor matters with RexandTheBeast.com. This is The Beast in Central Kentucky. On the line with me is Rex in Denver, Colorado. And yep, you're listening to the one and the only RexandTheBeast.com and the podcast for that lovely, wonderful site, which Rex has been around since December of 2007. I just want to get that out there real quick. Yeah, and and we're not we're not ones to talk about how long we've been around or anything, but uh, but that no, is been, uh, that's how long. I'm just saying, established uh, 2007. Yeah. You know, just just a fact. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. I mean, if nothing else, we're just we're acknowledging that you and I are are we're old. We're, we're, we're too old for this. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, I mean, the last couple of times we've gone to the parks, uh, you ought to hear the groaning when uh, the beast and I get back to the hotel room. It's like, oh, the back, oh. the legs. You know, it's about all I can take. Yeah, but with the miracle of movie magic, you know, in our videos, <laughs> man, it just looks like we're we're twenty years old. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. I think we've got some stuff coming up. So uh, today on the podcast with coasters and cultures, we're going to come at you with some quick hits. Whatever he hits, he destroys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's good to be back in the swing of things. Next week, lots going on, man. My birthday is on Monday. Valentine's Day is on Thursday, February 14th. And so you and I thought, hey, man, we're married. We have children. We have all this stuff going on. What's the most appropriate thing we could possibly do for Valentine's Day? Easy. Get in a plane and fly to Vegas and leave our families at home. What do you think? Well, I mean, we're always thinking of others. I mean, that's 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 our motto. I mean, Rex and the Beast join the journey is the first motto. The second motto is always thinking of others. And Absolutely. so that was the reason that was the reason we made this choice uh, to go to to Vegas over over Valentine's Day. Uh, but it is an exciting uh, moment because it's a little different than most of our trips. You know, most of our trips are based around a theme park or specific theme park issues or some kind of, uh, you know, the, the East Coast frenzy we did uh, earlier last year, uh, which are all great. This one's a little different. I mean, there's going to be some uh, theme park elements in it, or at least theme park attraction ride type of elements or uh, amusement park type of attractions. But that's not really the main focus of this trip. Uh, so uh, let's talk about it a little. Yeah, let's talk about it. We, yeah, we have elements of coasters and culture, which is kind of what the podcast is all about. So we'll just walk through some of the things that we're going to be doing, talk about them and what we're excited about, what we're looking forward to, and maybe even get some opinions on some of this stuff. So let's begin with the city of Las Vegas itself. Now, you know, most people may may or may not know, um, I am involved in faith-based work. I'm a minister, I'm a pastor. And so, you know, the, the, the first thing that I think of when I think of RexandTheBeast.com is not necessarily Sin City. Uh, I'm, you know, you've, you've really been telling me for a long time, no, 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 it's not what you think it is. Yeah, there's gambling, but there's so much more. It's family-based and all this kind of stuff. But I got to tell you, I'm really interested to see if just the culture and climate of Las Vegas is something that I'm going to be able to enjoy just because of all of the all of the baggage that seems to go with the name Las Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It's like the place you go and just act horrible, you know, and then you can leave and nobody cares. So so what do you think? Is this something that I'm going to walk away from and saying, hey, I would like to come back and see this again? That I'm not sure about. Um, I think I, I'm excited and interested for that as well. I, I, I think you will come away from it saying that was a, an experience we, we I certainly should have done uh, at least once. I'm glad we went. 
um, it's certainly not the Vegas of, as we've talked about, it's not the Vegas of uh, years ago where, you know, really developed the Sin City type of background and name. But there's still plenty going on that, uh, you know, we're especially on, you know, we're out on uh, Friday night or whatever that, you know, it's going to kind of be a little eyebrow raising and whatever, potentially, uh, I think. But but nothing, nothing crazy, but just not typical things you see walking down an ordinary street, you know. Um, <laughs> so it, it's going to be interesting. Whether you would do, will decide this is a place you want to go back and bring the family, that I'm not so sure of. But it's a place that I enjoy a lot. I go every year with a bunch of friends for the opening weekend of March Madness. Um, well, but you're, and, you're a heathen, though. Well, I mean, I am a heathen. And yeah, so total, it plays, total heathen. plays right into my <laughs> sweet spot. Um, and so I, I, I really do enjoy it um from, You're from heathen, all, your friends are heathens you're just we're, surrounded by heathens. We're, we're surrounded by heathens and <laughs> and so it's perfect and, and so i can't wait i mean i, I really can't wait because i mean there is a chance i mean i think it's like two percent but there is the chance that we grab the taxi from the airport get over to the strip you step out and you're like no this isn't no. gonna work I mean, no. they're going to the room for two days but yeah, um get the boats and go to the room which would still be fun which would be fun but I don't think so. So, well, speaking of the room, let's talk about. I don't think so either. I mean, you know, the, for what we're going to be doing, we're going to be so packed with all of the things that are going on. So many exciting things, things that I love, things that you love, and uh, so yeah. If we were there for a week and we were just kind of running out of things to do, I think it might then I start paying attention. Like, what's even going on around here? But I think it's going to be great. But let's talk about. Uh, the hotel for a minute. You know, Vegas, of course, is famous for their casinos, their hotels, and all these things. Uh, we're staying in one I've never even heard of before. Apparently, you know what's going on. It's called, what's it called? Vidara? Vidara. Vidara, yeah. Vidara is uh, a great uh, suite hotel, all suite hotel. It's part of the city center, um, right? Uh, the, the big development that was put sort of right in the middle of the strip uh, a number of years ago. I've stayed there, I don't know, five, six times. Uh, great place. It is not attached directly to a casino. So it is a non-casino hotel, um, which is actually nice uh, in a way because at the end of the day, not going to be a big deal for us, of course, but at the end of the day, if you've been in the sports book, you've been gambling or you've been doing this and that, to be able to just sort of step away, get away and and not have uh, feel like it's all right there is kind of nice. But yet it is just steps down from the Bellagio and from the Aria both of which are two of the best casinos uh, and the, my favorite ones to play at on on the strip. So, yeah, it's it's going to be great. I mean, the, we're staying in a uh, 200, what's called the 270-degree uh, panorama suite, has a 270-degree view of the desert and the strip um and it, it's it's going to be it's going to be great that i can guarantee is we are going to you're going to love the the room for sure well and that's one of the things that we really enjoy with all of our various theme park adventures is experiencing new places to stay new hotels new resorts and whatnot it's been so cool at universal orlando kind of our home away from home to see all the new resorts that are being built and, you know, rating those, experiencing those this last time, you know, we got to, to check out the new resort that I just went blanked on on the name. What was the name of it? The, the, Which one? the latest new one that we, we stayed at, which we gave kind of oh, a mediocre review. Aventura down in, Aventura, uh, Aventura, yeah. yeah, down in Orlando, Universal. Right. And now we've got the, the, the beach resort things coming across the road. So every time we stay somewhere new, it's just exciting to experience that new thing. This is probably going to be maybe the nicest place I've ever stayed. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I'm just excited to check it out and see the views and 
just experience it there. So that's going to be really cool. But, but, but from there, where some of the real excitement is, let's go to like a, an amusement theme park related thing. When you talk about Vegas, you know, you always hear about this Big Apple coaster. It has a reputation, but apparently, Rex, it has a reputation among theme park enthusiasts of being awful. Well, <laughs> so it's, right. interesting, it's interesting yeah. how, you know, it can have kind of a big name. Everybody knows about the coaster, but apparently it's just no good at all. You've ridden it. So this will be the first time that I've been on it, but we'll see what that's like. Well, it, it's all about, it's all, we, we, how many times have we talked about this? It's all about expectations, right? And what you're looking for is if you are expecting a coaster equivalent to a high level coaster in an amusement park or a theme park, it is awful. It is awful, awful, awful. But the last time I was there with my wife, she wrote it with me for the first time and she had a ball, loved it, thought it was just a blast because, you know, seeing the strip, seeing the desert while you're riding it and whatever and all that. Now you do similar to on like the, you know, Twister 2 here at Elitch Gardens in uh, my home uh, park uh, in Denver, you got to protect yourself because it will bang the crap out of you as you're going through it. It is not what you your head. It would not. Yeah, it is not smooth. Uh, Yeah. A little quiet riot is its theme song. Um, But you know, for what it is, if you're thinking, Hey, look, there's a roller coaster in the you know middle of this hotel. Well, then it's kind of cool, you know, but no, I mean, by no, by no means could it be called a good coaster, but as far as having a legitimately sort of fun experience on it, being in Vegas, Yes, I believe that can be done. Uh, and the the really the thing I am really looking forward to you trying out is the virtual reality aspect of it. Is when I was there last year, I, in March they had just started a virtual reality uh, overlay on it. And so I got to try that. And they have this combo. You buy a combo, you get to ride it once without it. You get to ride it once with it. Um, so uh, it's it's pretty good. Uh, and, and again, this is expectations, what you're comparing it to, you know, it's, if it's lined up next to, you know, forbidden journey, I'm not getting on it. But as far as in Vegas, after you've exhausted yourself, after you've exhausted the gambling, after you just need a break, you need some relatively fresh air after being inside for 900 straight hours. Um, it, it did the job. And I was really impressed looking around at, I mean, I, I won't tell you too much about what the, it actually is. I remember I told you last year, you probably forgotten all of that though, but um, I actually think we are going to come off of the virtual reality experience piece of it. And we're going to say, you're going to say that was actually pretty interesting. I hope so. Cool. But like you say, man, it's the context of it. Having a coaster right there in Vegas on the strip. These are the things that are unique that makes it worth doing. You know, I mean, we always talk about our favorite attraction of all time, which is the Jurassic Jungle Boat Ride, of course. And is there anything more unique than that ride? And the answer is no. So is it a good ride? No. But is it something that we love and have to experience? Yes. So I'm hoping maybe this will fall in that in that way for me. Yeah, uh, that's I, I, I fully expect that to be where it falls as to how high or low that is. That's what we're going to be checking out next week. Absolutely. Well, you know, from there, let's move to reality-based smells, which of course means we're talking about food. Um, You and I are food connoisseurs. Um, We have um, photographed in the the past the, the world's most expensive lobster tail. And that, that was a big, that was a big boost for our website and, and for our brand name and everything. 
uh, I don't, I think, you know, that one photo caused so much traffic. We actually had to take it off our site. Uh, yeah, well, it was, just, it was pretty funny. All the pictures of theme parks and all this and everything we have. And every single time you check the statistics, the number one picture viewed was the world's most expensive lodging. <laughs> so. Right. And I don't even remember where we were. Do you? Yeah, I don't remember the name of the restaurant. I, it was in L.A. when we were on the L.A. trip. Uh, was it the L.A.? But, yeah. yeah, but I do not remember the name of yeah. the restaurant. Well, anyway, uh, so we're going to this restaurant, STK, which apparently you have one in Denver. Uh, so you, you've already experienced some of this. And there's one in Vegas. Uh, you know, I don't which get the I've opportunity as well. You've been to one in Vegas as well. I don't get the opportunity yeah. to eat, you know, a good quality steak all that often. So I, you know. The food aspect of this is something that probably is up there just as high as all the other attractions. It's silly to say, but I honestly can't wait for this meal. And I think it's going to be one of the best parts of the trip, man. Well, and again, Vegas, eating in Vegas is part of the experience. There's there's some of the best steakhouses in the country are there. Um, there's also some really great other types of uh, restaurants, which are, are not as much Rex and the Beast type of restaurants, sushi and other types of things that are some of the best in the country. Um, you, you, eating is a big part of being in Vegas. Uh, my guess is we will grab <clears throat> my, my favorite buffet uh, is the... Um, the buffet at the Aria for breakfast. I feel quite certain we will grab that buffet. Uh, and these breakfast buffets are pretty substantial. Um, I forgot what time we fly out. We probably will not have a chance. Uh, but if uh, we did, if on Saturdays they have crab legs on the breakfast buffet, Saturdays and Sundays at the Aria, which of course is nice. But um, in any event, the the STK is a cool vibe, neat place. Um, and it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun in the Cosmopolitan, which is another hotel right there in the city center in that same area. Um, and and I, I think it's going to be fun. We're going to be going to it after we go to the Copperfield show. So I can already see us sitting there uh, sort of chowing down, uh, rehashing Copperfield and then looking forward to uh, to the next day. So it's going to be a great finish of the evening. Uh, actually valentine's night you and i are going to be having valentine's dinner together so uh you know so yeah man I, you know so let's talk about copperfield then uh and you know again going back to i just I, I can't wait to experience my valentine's dinner with you that'll just be so nice and wonderful and, and sweet um <clears throat> you know we're brothers by the way in case for people don't know. <laughs> as opposed to some of our comments uh we've received over the years mm-hmm. um but so let's move into Copperfield and just discuss this a little bit because, you know, I've been in love with magic for ever since I was probably six or seven years old. I saw my first real magic trick in Gatlinburg at a magic store, and that just opened up this whole world to me and, you know, started watching as much magic as I could. And that was in the 80s and 90s when, you know, the old school classic NBC magic, David Copperfield, boom, and, you know, Lance Burton and the big shows and everything. And you just would wait for these things to come so you can watch them on television and see all the amazing things. So the disappearing of the Statue of Liberty, the the walking, you know, through the Great Wall of China, making airplanes disappear. I mean, just all these things that Copperfield is is so brilliant and, and, and known for. But what he doesn't give enough credit for, and this is the part that I really think people miss, you know, Copperfield sometimes gets, um, he gets criticized because, well, he's just turned into this big major illusion guy, you know, and anybody can do it just so long as you've got the money to build the illusions, 
um, you know, at that point, just anybody can do the trick. Well, first of all, that's garbage. I mean, being a magician is communication, connecting with your audience, making the thing come alive. Copperfield is the best of all time at that. There's no doubt. But he's also incredibly talented. So if you watch some of his early videos, I mean, early, early, like late 70s videos when he was doing television things as well, he's doing card manipulations. Uh, he's producing cards out of thin air. He's he's palming in ways that these other magicians that are lauded for their uh, abilities and for their giftedness that Copperfield never gets. Go back and watch these videos. He can do it as good as anybody. It's just that, you know, he moved on to something that he was more interested in, which was really the more communication aspect with the audience. And of course, he's I think he's the highest paid entertainer of all time. And, and he's a magician. So I can't wait to see him. My favorite all-time magic trick is one called Portal. Uh, I have no idea how he does it. Even I've watched it on YouTube a million times, and I still can't figure out how he does the trick. So to me, with YouTube being able to pause, rewind, you know, the fact that it's still a mystery is just a testimony to how brilliant this guy is. And I hope we see it. You know, the one thing you and I have joked about is he does two shows a day every day. You know, there has to come a point where that becomes just going through the motions, man. How can you possibly keep it fresh and entertaining and pumped up every time you do the show in Vegas? So I'm really interested to see how alive, quote unquote, he seems to be with the audience after having done 15 million shows in a row. You know what I mean? No, I, I do. I, I, I am interested in that. And that for this type of entertainer, that's the biggest issue. I mean, when they have people coming through Vegas, for anybody that's performing Vegas regularly, that's the issue is for most of these people, they're going to come in and see you one time. This is their one event. You have to, you know, for them, if you have a bad day or you're exhausted and you don't give it your all, you're going to see those reviews that say, you know, not very exciting. You're not into it and this and that. And you, you know, you destroy their experience. We talk about that with respect to theme park trips sometimes too, but this is going to be the ultimate of that. I mean, he comes out and does the full thing. I mean, it's going to be pretty impressive considering, you know, two of these a day, pretty much, you know, all year round. It's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm not as big a magician, uh, a magic fan as you are. Um, but for Copperfield and for this, um, have never seen um, it or any major magician of any kind, uh, live. I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Man, I, it's just one of those things too. You know, he's Copperfield in some ways, is very similar to Dolly Parton. Let me let me tell you what I mean. I I, I just was thinking that really. Yeah, and most people, as I know, that's what most people were thinking. I, they, but let me tell you what I mean. That Dolly Parton, you know, I've seen her twice now at Dollywood, and did you and I see her once? I we don't did. know. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. When you look at Dolly Parton, you 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 almost, uh, it, it, I I mean this in a in a positive way. You almost it feels like you're not even looking at a human being. It it feels like you're looking at this mythical creature almost. I mean, it's, it's Dolly Parton with the, with the hair and the look and the, and, and and the, the legacy this, you know, she's bigger than life. It's just like, it's just like otherworldly in some ways. And so when you see her, it's just like, Whoa, there she is. The person that I thought almost just existed on my television. You know, this person actually is alive. This person can actually be seen and is breathing. That's the way it's going to be with Copperfield for me. I mean, I've been watching this guy since I was a kid. He's amazing. He's just, he, he baffles you. He inspires you. And then to see him and we have pretty good seats to, to see him 
within 15 feet of me, I, I, I'm in, you know, I'm, what I'm saying is I may cry and I don't want you to be embarrassed by that. I, I just want to prepare you now. There, there could be tears shed and I'm, 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 I, I'm comfortable with that. You know, it'll be okay. Yeah. Well, I, I hear you. It is a, a big deal. You all right there? Yeah. Yeah. You know, things are fine. Okay. Just I'm just a little sure emotional. Just, okay. I mean, I wanted, just, to, wanted to, wanted to make sure you didn't just fall out of the plane or something. Um, so it, it's going to be a big moment. Big moment. Uh, I, I really. What's going I think on? it's going to be a bit. Uh, huh? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on around here? Well, well let me just ask you. The wide, wide world of sports <laughs> is going on here. I don't have a clue yeah, it's something. exactly right. <laughs> 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 Well, so that that's going to be right. But so with Copperfield, mm. got STK and the food mm. situation, reality-based mm. smells. Uh, we have the Big Apple Coaster, mm. but the entire reason this trip is happening is none of those things. Actually, no, no, none of them. The entire reason this is happening is because of a understated band that is uh, finishing up their maybe fifth final tour here um, named Kiss. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Understated. And this is their fifth tour. Final tour. Well, well, what Rex actually means is so over the top, it's ridiculous. I mean, one, one thing, one thing I've appreciated about Kiss, you know, we're talking about, of course, Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, the original four, Ace Fraley and Peter Chris. Now it's Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Tommy Thayer, and Eric Singer. But one thing, Rex, that I've really appreciated about KISS over the years is that what they have really shown is that it's all about the music and they have not sold out, you know, to try and become just millionaires. You really think of KISS and Neil Young in the same Same breath. kind of thing, right, same As thing. You don't, you know, you're not, not, not selling for Coke, not selling for Pepsi. You're not doing any of that stuff. No. You're just playing the music because that's what matters. And, and that's, that's what we have enjoyed about Kiss. And, and, you know, and Gene Simmons just, I mean, a rock. He's just a rock on this point. So if there's anything um, you can say critical of Kiss, it's that they never were able to hire or, or get someone in the camp that understood marketing. You know, yeah, that's and, and merchandise. Biggest problem. They just biggest problem by far. Biggest problem, but 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 nevertheless, we're going to be there be for there. Uh, for the show, and that's why we decided to do this and to go a great double dip of getting to go to Vegas and see Kiss here on the final tour. They'll be playing on Friday night, uh, and we'll be we'll be at the show. Um, by any chance, any uh, any of our listeners are going to be uh, be in Vegas for the Kiss show. Drop, drop us a note. Let us know. Um, be, let us know where you're going to be, and uh, we're going to be sure not to get in that area. Um, and so, uh, well, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a great show, and I'm I'm really sort of excited. I mean, Paul Stanley really can't sing anymore, and you know, he's using some backing tracks and things, which don't don't bother doesn't bother me a bit. I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> And so I, I'm 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 fine with that. I'm looking forward to seeing sort of the final set and they use and the show they use there. And and honestly, the T-Mobile Arena is right there on the strip. We just get to stroll right over to it from our hotel and the city center and all that. And that's going to kind of be a cool way to go to a concert too, being right there in the middle of all of it anyway. So 
Yeah, I mean, listen, man, we've been Kiss fans forever. I became a Kiss fan primarily because of you. You, you know, back in the day in Southern Illinois, you, uh, you know, put Kiss makeup and you did the old fake concert like every kid did in the 70s who loved Kiss. And then I started listening. But it was when I saw them live on television and when I saw them playing live and I saw Paul Stanley that I was hooked. I, he just he captured to me everything there is about being a front man engaging. He had the moves. I loved his guitar, the Ibanez Iceman, just everything about it. So I've been a huge fan forever. Obviously, Kiss has all kinds of issues, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I mean, the show is just breathtaking and you're never going to see anything like it. You're right. The musicianship and Paul's voice and all these things, man, at the end of the day, I don't care. I want to see the curtain fall and there's Kiss, another larger-than-life experience. You know, we're getting a lot of that over on this trip, and it's going to be absolutely amazing. One thing, though, I, I just want us to discuss very quickly. I'm running out of time, but you know, it's the end of the road tour, and it's not the original lineup. It's Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer. Tommy on guitar playing Ace's licks. Eric Singer on the drums playing Peter's licks. Both of them playing them in some ways better than Ace and Peter ever could, but it's not Ace and Peter, so it all depends on what you mean by better. Nobody sounds like Ace, you know, no matter how well you can play his licks, you don't sound like Ace. And so there was, there was this idea, well, maybe Ace and Peter will come back for the, the under the road tour and we'll get to see them some on stage and the original four will be together and all this cool stuff. And then just about a week ago, uh, there was this major explosion. Paul and Gene are back saying that Ace is a loser and he's drunk and can't be dependable. And and Ace on his Facebook page just launches into this absolute tirade against Gene primarily, but also Paul, and just goes off on them and, you know, accuses Gene of all kinds of horrible things and lawsuits. And, and at the end, he's like, give me my job back. You know, I'm the one that built the throne and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, my question to you is, in the, in the there's going to be 20,000 people there. You know, the, the shows have been selling, almost selling out. So for the majority, the big picture of KISS fans, how big of an issue is this? Because you and I are in a world of theme parks where we are at another level in terms of we love it so much. We are, we have colleagues who know all the ins and outs. And I mean, dude, I was looking at a tweet yesterday. Did you see this tweet the other day from, and I'm kind of bouncing around all over the place, but did you see this tweet the other day from, um, expedition theme park where he's he put a picture of a halloween horror nights prop did you see this and it was it was a prop of jack the clown but it was just this and his his tweet was hey man does anybody know where this came from because i can't well in a matter of seconds a guy responded and said yeah 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 this was part of the so-and-so house in 2009 and then it was reused in the uh, last year in the house and he even said it was in uh, room number eight I mean, he knew like, yeah. where do these people come from? I mean, you think you and I are, you know, we know what we're talking about. The level of knowledge on this stuff is so insane. And that's kind of where we are in terms of being around that, those kinds of people. So we, we don't see theme parks from this, this big picture. We're, we're kind of down in the nitty gritty. What do you think with KISS? The nitty gritty people, of course, are just Ace, Peter. That's all that matters. We want to get them back. Do you think that big picture, there's the same sense of we want to see Ace and Peter or do people even care? They want to go, they want to see the show and that's it. Well, I'm not sure there is a big picture for Kiss, 
similar to theme parks. And what I mean by that is when we are at that show on Vegas, out of the, I don't know, I have no idea how many people the T-Mobile Arena seats, but let's just say it's it seats 14,000 people. Out of that, if, that, if there's 14,000 people there for that KISS show, 10,000 of those 14,000 are KISS fans at least within 80% of the level that we are because nobody else is coming to this kind of a show and to be a KISS fan right now. So I don't think there is this general sense like there is at theme parks of, hey, we're just going to generally go. And hey, do you guys know that uh, Disney Universal opened a Harry Potter world? You know, which we still get questions like that, you know, from the general public who are going to these things. I don't think there is something like that for KISS. I think there's only a different level of fandom. There is our level There is the next level up, which is you really know a lot. There's the psychotic level, which is you know everything. And then below us, there is you don't know quite as much as we do, but you know a decent amount. And then, you know, you you know a lot. But nobody is going to be there that if you said to them, what does the elder mean to you? There is not going to be 10% or 5% of the people at that concert that would be like, what's that? You know, because those people aren't at this show. That's what I think about that. That's interesting. Because I mean, cause you, you could go the other way. You could say that rock and roll all night, lick it up to a less degree. Some of these songs are, are so culturally ingrained and it's Kiss with makeup. Oh, let's go see the, oh yeah, it's the makeup band. We know they got a lot of cool stuff. You could, you could make that argument as well that there is, a, it's like Metallica. So I would have made that argument 20 years ago, but 20, 25 years ago, that may have been true. 30 years ago, that may have been true, but it's not true now, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you may be right. You know, in 1992, when the Black Album came out with Metallica, going to a Metallica concert was, because I did it. I saw them at Rupp Arena in Lexington on the Black Album, and it was crazy because to the person left of you, You've got someone screaming, play Phantom Lord and Whiplash, and the person to the right of you doesn't even know the name of the band members. They are there for one reason, Inner Sandman. That's all they want to hear, which they played the very first song of the show. And then so the rest two and a half hours, it was just misery for these people, right? So, you know, I guess Kista, it doesn't have that same kind of thing to a certain degree, but I just don't know if... If what we're talking about, so you're what you're ultimately saying then is that the Ace Peter thing enjoys a pretty large audience in terms of the controversy. Yes, I think it does. I, I think if you walked up, if we if we walked up to a thousand people at the Kiss show and said, uh, "You have any thoughts on the? Um, you have any thoughts on the uh, the Ace Tommy issue?" and just said that, gave no context. You have any thoughts on Ace and Tommy? Of those thousand people, nine hundred and fifty at least would be like, "Yeah, I've got thoughts." You know, Ace ought to be in there, or you know, I, I don't care that much. Tommy's a great player. You know, Ace is whatever. But they're going to have a thought. You're not going to be like, "Huh? What are you talking about there?" Almost nobody is going to be saying that. Yeah. So, so, what are your thoughts? You know, I. Uh, it's not going to. It's not going to negatively impact my sort of enjoyment of the show in a major way that Ace isn't there, um, but it is not going to be at the level of what it could be if we had 
ace there. Uh, I'm putting Peter in a different pile because Peter is older. Peter could not do this anymore, I don't think, by any stretch of the imagination. So saying it'd be nice if Peter is there is really just pie in the sky, whereas I believe Ace could still do this. Um, so, But uh, yeah, I wish Ace was there. I'm glad we got to see him when Ace and Peter were there, uh, you know, 20, uh, 20 plus years ago. But mm. I'm not going to go to this thinking, man, this is really a lame experience because Ace isn't up there. I, I guarantee you there'll be a handful of times during the show we turn to each other and say, pretty obvious that's not ace on that lead, you know, because mm-hmm. we know it, we feel it, we see it. It's not the same, but, um, but I'll be all right and, and I can, I can live with it. So, Yeah. One thing that makes it better for me <clears throat> is that both Eric and Tommy are super nice guys. They, they understand kiss. They understand the legacy neither of them ever say anything negative about Peter or Ace or people should get over it or, you know, this is, I'm tired of hearing all this crap. They've shown a remarkable patience because it's, it's relentless. I mean, it's nonstop. Kiss Online, their Facebook page or their Twitter page, they can post the most innocuous thing, just like a, 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 a picture of Paul saying, you know, here's, here's the best front man in the you know, business or whatever. And all the comments for every post are always the same. This is a cover band, you know. They're no longer. This is no longer the real deal. It'll never be the same like it was in the seventies until they bring Peter. It's just on and on and on and on. That has to get so tiring to hear if you're Tommy and Eric. But they have shown remarkable patience and not lashing out against the fans because I think they understand the legacy. So that helps. That helps to uh, it, appreciate what they're doing because I think they're legitimate, you know, nice guys. I think Ace could pull it off for a few shows. I don't think he could. I don't think he could pull it off for the entire two or even Ace. I, it's just there's just so much precision that's required in terms of timing and um, consistency. And I, I, I'm convinced Ace is no longer drinking, but he's still Ace. You know what I mean? You no, know? I, I agree. And I was. I'm not talking about a long tour. When I say he could still do it, I actually mean a show. I'm, I mean, I don't yeah. think really probably that Peter can even play a full Kiss show without, you know, and holding it together by himself. Uh, just, you know, I mean, that's just, hey, that's the way it is. Right. I mean, the truth of the matter is Paul can't play a full Kiss show uh, if you look at it that way, if his voice was is the instrument uh, by itself, right? Um, uh, so it's no slam on Peter to say that. That's just life as, you know, you get older like this. So Yeah, I mean, he's 70 years old. So what are you going to do? But anyway, I think it's going to be great. I mean, I've been watching some of the footage from some of the first shows on the tour. And the stage show, again, just looks phenomenal as we thought it would. Uh, and Gene still sounds pretty good. So I think he's, you know, still Gene. And uh, Paul is definitely still Paul. It's just that, as you say, voice has gone downhill a little bit. But I can't wait. So, man, what a trip. And, of course, we're doing all of this in less, basically, in less than two full days. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, we've gotten sort of be, become experts at that, right? We can we, we pull these things off pretty amazingly on these short trips. So, we're... Yeah. We'll, we'll, but we will keep everybody updated on some serious uh, tweeting and uh, and commentary uh, while we're we're there, so that uh, they can kind of join the journey, follow along with us here. Hey, one thing before we jump off of here is we've been talking. I uh, noticed uh, our buddy Chris Ripley uh, tweeted a uh, something about a a new. He's actually uh, um, a new Halloween themed bar to open year round in Orlando. Hmm. You know what the name of it's going to be? Night of Terror. Cocktails and Screams. Does that ring a bell? 
I'm going to assume that that was an HHN house. No, oh. no, this is a this is on the culture side, not on the uh, uh, coaster side. And no, of, no, uh, I, don't, co- I don't know. Cocktails and screams is a takeoff. I assume a takeoff on the name of the bar from cocktail with Tom Cruise cocktails and dreams was the name of the bar that he, he finally built. But his whole goal was to build his own bar when he was talking with, uh, uh, gosh, Flanagan or whatever his name was. And it was going to be cocktails and dreams. And at the very end, when he has his own bar, you see it in neon cocktails and dreams. They're using the same color scheme, green and purple and neon cocktails and screams. Yeah, so well, I mean, the shout out to these guys. I like sure, it. Absolutely. If I, if I was going to open a horror themed bar without question in the, in the first, you know, dream meeting of brainstorming, obviously cocktail, the movie is going to come up. I mean, it's just, that's a no brainer, you know, because when I think of horror, I think of cocktail in Tom Cruise. If, you know, when I think, yeah, yeah. And for a lot of people, when they think of horror, they think of Tom Cruise. And so that's just in uh, general. That works yeah, well. Right. But, but I, I do. I love it. I think that could be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's going to be out of business in two months. So, you know, go check it out quickly if you want. So, well, maybe they'll open, maybe it'll coincide with Sky Coaster. So they'll get a little more business from the tourism coming in for that. So that might help. A yeah, bit. baby. Yeah, Skyplex. We can't wait. We have our ticket to the first uh, first day. You know, we, we're we're we we're, we're on the first ride. So oh, yeah, it's going to be great. Well, I guess we better close up shop here, man. But this has been another fun episode of Coasters and Culture, where we talk about big thoughts on. No, not big thoughts. Major thoughts on minor matters. I really want to say big thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to get uh, the beast on board with our uh, marketing here. He has uh, not quite, not quite got it. I need to, I need to take a page from the Kiss playbook and get my marketing together. Speaking of which, that's right. Um, we'll have T-shirts, buttons, stickers, coffins, and pinball machine. Uh, they, those will be released soon with coasters and culture. So. <laughs> Well, I, hey, I got to tell you this. This is pretty funny. I, I don't even. I don't know if you do this. I know your your kids are uh, are homeschooled, so I don't know if you are aware of this thing that has become a thing recently, which is this whole hundredth day of school thing. Have you you know Have you heard about uh, this? You know this. No. So there's this deal that uh, these schools do that on the hundredth day of school, you sort of use that to learn about a hundred. So you know, you either have to, you bring a hundred things in a bag to show, or you dress up like a hundred year old person or something like that. Like at the local party city here, there's a special area just for the hundredth day of school, which are all kinds of hundred year old people dress up for kids and things. So this is all a little, I find a little ridiculous. And so we, we were thinking about what our kids were going to possibly wear for this. And we were doing it. It was kind of the last minute, and I, uh, I came up with what I thought was a somewhat brilliant idea. Is that you know we order a lot of stuff from Amazon and Amazon Prime. Have some boxes laying around quite regularly, and I'm like, I know, for one of my kids, I'm going to take one of these big cardboard boxes and we'll make it like a, um, a coffin, and we'll have them wear it. And they're a hundred year old man, but they're in a coffin because they're dead. <laughs> And for some reason, Lisa, my wife, didn't think that was a great idea. So, but I mean, that's pretty darn funny, I think don't it's you brilliant. think? <laughs> but it's, yeah. yeah. So, 
So anyway, the coffin triggered that because the hundredth day of school was yesterday. Um, but but anyway. they didn't go as a dead person. All right, man. Yeah, yeah. So no, they didn't because they didn't have school because there was snow. So the, for the hundredth day of school, they had a snow oh, day. Classic. So. Okay. Yep. Well, all right, man. We'll 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 see uh, we'll see uh, in L A S. I guess is the uh, code name for uh, the. Um, Vegas airport and um, it's going to be a whirlwind baby <laughs> as they always are. Oh man, we've got it together at rexofthebeast.com. Hey man, this is the beast out there saying be strong and courageous. Rexandthebeast.com. Join the dream. Yeah.